Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, this is NFL legend, two time Super Bowl champion, Gary Clark. You know what you got to tune into, right? You know what podcast is off the chain. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Burgundy Network Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Taylor. Joining me, who was at FedEx Field for the first time in a long time. Finally got to meet him, Brian Murphy from Atlanta, Georgia. What's going on, Brian? What's up, man? I can't believe it finally happened. It was awesome to be there. Everything was great except for the uh, final score, which we'll get we'll dive into. But uh, it was it was a great time yesterday. Oh, we got a lot to talk about, and we're not going to be breaking down like stats, play by play, all that corny stuff. I'm gonna try to not cuss on this podcast. That was like my number one goal. I'm gonna try to not uh, do any curse words. So believe if I do, I'm sorry. Uh, But joining us is my buddy Rio, who we always have a blast (laughs) with. Always got something to say about the team. What's going on, Rio? What's going on, guys? Oh man, ain't nobody no cuss words rules, so you know. What I'm I mean, saying? you can't. I'm trying to, I'm trying I'm try to clean I... it up. Hey, hey, hey! Look. I'm gonna try to keep with the program, man. Look, what's up, I'm Jess? Stuck. How you doing? I'm stuck in a. What's going on, Jess? Good to see you. I missed her at the game. I don't know how, but she said she'll be there for Dallas. But we're gonna be there. Thursday. Uh, no, I don't know where she was that. at because we did not see her. No, she's like Bobby. Bobby be everywhere. <laughs> Bobby yeah, be Bobby. Running, running out of the tunnel with the man. team. So. <laughs> I'm surprised Bobby wasn't in the suites with Wale and, and Ovechkin. <laughs> I, I'm surprised he won't. I don't know how he does it. But, guys, we have so much to talk about in this episode. Obviously, with the first game back at FedEx, like we said, there's so much good things and then a lot of bad things to talk about, too. I labeled this one week one, the recap, busted pipes, because that's what it seemed like. Our defense was just <laughs> leaking, especially on third downs. We're going to be breaking yeah. it down. I'm sure we'll talk about FedEx experiences. But guys, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online, and Bet Online is back and better than ever. All eyes on the gridiron as teams start another great football season, except Washington off to 0 1. Um, as always, Bet Online <laughs> is the number one spot for all your pro and college football. Y'all know I love college football. So, college football action this season is taking off. Check out the other podcasts I do, CFB Unfiltered, a little nugget drop there. Um, but there's a new website, new interface, so check out Bet Online. It's got more odds, props, and uh, contests going on. As y'all see me dropping all these bets, I lost a lot of money uh, yesterday, thanks to uh, Fitzpatrick. Not hey, it's only week one. Guys. It's only week one. I'm gonna bounce back here, but it's okay because they doubled the welcome bonus. So you make your first deposit, and they actually do a hundred percent. They they match it. So whatever you deposit, you get it free money. They match it. So if you move, you know, lose a ton of money like I did yesterday, it's okay. You're going to make it back. And uh, hopefully Lamar can win me some money today so I can uh, keep going some more bets. But, guys, mm-hmm. I first want to talk about – so we're at, we're at the tailgate. Me and Rio were. Brian got there. He actually f- flew from Atlanta straight to the stadium. Like, I don't know how he did it. I don't know if he called up Jason, got a private yeah. jet, or how he got there so quick. Helipad right on top of FedEx. I just dropped right in. The, the dance night of Chopper just right <laughs> down the 50-yard line. But, Rio, just to, we'll talk about it real line. quick. Just the vibes for a real game. You know, we checked out practice. You were at the preseason games and stuff like that. Tailgating-wise, the red zone lot with the hog farmers and everything. It was awesome. What do you think of just that whole scene and the vibes of just being back? And it just felt like game day. Like, we kept saying that going to stadium. Like, yo, it's game day. Like, it hasn't hit us yet. But, like, what was that feeling? 
Oh, it was cool. Like, I was anxious. I've been anticipating it for so long because those fake exhibition games, while it's fun to get back to the stadium, it doesn't feel the yeah. same as when the when the games actually count. So, like, the whole ride there, we just had to kept saying, like, me, Jalen, and Josh, we kept saying, wow, there's a real game today. Like, this is an NFL Sunday. Then we get to the tailgate. It's all excellent vibes out there. I've only tailgated, like, once in my life before. So, it was a good experience. Other than the fact that my boy Jalen, shout out to him, wants to pull out Casamigos tequila at 9.30 a.m. <laughs> and they got hurricanes popping. Like, I'm not a drinker. So, Me like, neither. I haven't even ate a hot dog. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even get to holler at a, a glizzy or a burger or anything before drinks were put in my hand. But, you know, it was a great time. And y'all are going to enjoy my vlog I put out mostly of the tailgate because once the game started, I'm like, you know, so I was chilling. I was watching the game. Yeah, it's safe to say breakfast was whatever Jalen had that clear stuff in the <laughs> bottle and some Miller Light was breakfast and and Sweet lunch didn't exist because of the concessions, which we're not going to talk about. Uh, tequila with a side of hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I had one hot dog. I'm not going to lie, I had one hot dog. But uh, just walking back into the stadium, it it just was awesome seeing all the fans back. Everyone was hyped up. You get down in the field, and God must have forgot to pay the lunch bill because it was hot as hell in there. By the way. I mean, oh my god! I, I was a burner. Me and Rhea were talking about like, do we even wear a jersey to the game because it's just supposed to be so hot? Today? I decided not to. Hell no. Yeah, I was toasty for sure. I did. I, I had to. It's game day. That's too. like a little tradition. But so you 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 go in the stadium and people are like sitting out pictures saying, "Oh, it's not that full." It, it filled up like as the game kicked off. Like we were talking about it. And the lower the lower level bowl was for especially. Sure it was mm-hmm. packed as yeah. hell. It was definitely packed. I mean, the top had some room to improve. I get it. I probably wouldn't be sitting up top, too. Like I said, it was like a toaster oven in there. But the lower bowl was packed. Everyone was getting hyped. There was a good bit of Charger fans, Brian. Like, would you say it was a little bit more than you expected? Yeah, for sure. Honestly, I'm not trying to dog on Chargers fans. I didn't know how passionate they were. You know, I knew that – I thought that with moving from San Diego to L.A., there might be a drop-off, but they represented. There were some near us, for sure. They were definitely behind the Chargers bench. Um, but yeah, there was a good in, bit in, in the there. end zone beside us. There was a good bit too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I, I think the Washington fans showed up, you know, I think they were obviously really loud. The only time you ever really heard a chargers roar, I felt like was at the end of the game when they yeah. sealed it. I think Washington fans did their part or, you know, were loud enough, uh, to, to create some sort of home field advantage, but, um, obviously didn't get the job done, but I thought it was a, it, it was a, a good environment for sure. Yeah, I didn't think the Charger fans were like too into it, like you said, until the very end of the game. Then they just went nuts, obviously. Yeah. The end of the game. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I was impressed. Yeah, I, and like we talked <laughs> yeah, about. I'm not, yeah, I'm not even trying to knock on them. I didn't. I didn't know that they were that passionate. I figured everybody went Raiders or Rams, and you know, like I said, with moving yeah. from San Diego to LA, I don't know. Jess, I, I I said I agreed with you. Somebody, like, so many people were attacking Jess. By the way, on this, I'm not going to talk about it long, but she was we saying have to like stop attacking people for having opinions. Yeah. Like, shut but up. But she was right. Even in our section, there was this one guy to the left of us on a lot of third downs. The guy was like, "All right, everybody, like, get up, let's get loud." And like, of course, me and Brian like pretty much lost our voice. Like every yeah, like even so. first down, we were like going nuts. But there was a couple people besides. Like, I'm not going to lie. And that was my only thing. Like, I agreed with Jess. Every single third down, you should be yelling. People are like, well, Dan Snyder for 20 years. Well, if you feel that way, then don't even go to the game. Yeah, don't like, come, if you're going to let man. Dan Snyder hold you back from cheering for the team. Like, and we were in the game the whole time. It's not like we were down, like, 20 points or anything like that. Like, we were in it. Like, give the ticket to somebody who actually wants to be there. I don't <laughs> much into that. Well, so I don't, I don't want to jump on it too much, but – 
when you give up 15 third down conversions, maybe you get tired of getting loud for no reason. So, I mean, I, I can see why people oh, yeah, are getting like, a little discouraged. Yeah. Yeah. Cause but in the I first half, the there was like... not many, there was not many things to cheer about in the first half. And while we're on the subject, it is a you... goddamn travesty that our fans were cheering and chanting Heineke's name before Fitzpatrick even got up from his injury. That is shameful. That, that is some Philly level. That is some Philadelphia level Bush League casual fandom. And whoever did that, you should be embarrassed with yourself. I don't care if Taylor Heineke is the apple of your eye. I don't like. I don't care about that. Like while your starting quarterback is on the ground injured, you cheer when he gets up to applaud the fact that he got up. Let him then go to the sideline. Then you, then you can chant Heineke. Yeah, like that is yeah. embarrassing yeah. as hell. Like th- th- it was awful. Like. That was imbe- that was just more embarrassing to me than the pipe bursting on those fans. <laughs> no, let's talk about that. Too. At least the, they the got fights, the. At least they. <laughs> there was two fights. At least Donald they got to go up to the presidential fight. section. Yeah, there was a girl Donald, fight so, too. Someone, there was a girl Jesus fight, Donald. Christ. So we're not gonna talk about it. But I'm trying to make us look good. But like, there were some bad things. Like oh, we yeah. have to assess this. Like Man. as people, Man. like fans, people that were there, the pipes bursting. I didn't notice until I got on Twitter, and it was like the section right to left. It was like it was on Barstool. Behind you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw it on Barstool. It was uh, section 214. Uh, NFL fans are a gross breed, man. For Some of them, not not all of them, but there are some there are some cesspool fans out there, and they, they show themselves a little bit. I mean, I've been to some college games, and it's terrible. Um, So, like, it wasn't that bad. Like, I've seen some. Sorry, Jess, but, like, that Tech game was rough. I saw some – I saw some things at that tech game. I didn't even see Alabama, which is rough. Um, so let's talk about it. So obviously you said Fitzpatrick goes down, Heineke comes in. Real before Heineke came in, what was your assessment of the offense in that quick little teeny sample of Fitzpatrick actually in the game? I don't even know if it was enough to give a real <laughs> assessment on it because the little bit that we seen of him, he was either under duress or his receivers weren't catching the ball. Like Deami Brown, third down, drops the first down pass. Yeah. Like, and then Deami would have had a touchdown on that deep ball, but he was interfered with. I mean, it was nice that it, it was nice to see the ball travel down the field a little bit, but we didn't really get to see Fitz get into anything because he was under constant pressure immediately. Yeah. And yeah. even Heineke was when he came in. Both sides of the ball in the trenches, they got their ass whooped yesterday. Like both of them. Our offensive yeah. and defensive line got destroyed yesterday. So yeah, I couldn't even give an good. assessment on Fitz. Yeah, I couldn't even give any assessment on Fitz. Yeah. It looked better with Heineken. That's because he can use his feet. Fitzpatrick cannot use his feet and like move outside the pocket. He can like pick up little short yards things, but Heineke can roll out, make plays. Sometimes he does it even when he doesn't need to. That's I about to say he does. Yeah, he doesn't. He wants too much. to move his feet every yeah. play. Yeah. So that's what that's what makes O line look better because like oh he didn't get hit what that's because he you know ran out the pocket he kind of had to so I I thought initially yeah the offensive line is bad you know a little bit of everybody and like obviously Cosme coming into the scene first real NFL game and you get Joey Bosa Joey that's Bosa. not an easy ask so I'm not gonna like oh. ask too much of him and I feel like that was a a big you know trend yesterday rookies looking like rookies like Ron said go ahead Ron we're gonna say. I was going to say, I mean, maybe I agree that we didn't really get the chance to evaluate Fitz, but how much of that is on play calling too? I know maybe, you know, with the protection, you didn't really get the chance to go deep, but we saw they draw the penalty when they finally go deep. And how many times, Josh, were you and I saying, take a shot on first down, take a shot on first down? It felt like there were so many 
run first down, run second down, pass third down, punt. It just felt so predictable. And maybe that was because that defensive line was eating your lunch a little bit and you didn't have time to really go through everything you wanted to do. But, uh, man, I wanted to see them take a couple more shots because it felt like when they did, when they did, they, they got a couple of positives out of it. And yes, they were chanting Redskins. Yeah. So for sure. there was a yeah. very loud "Let's go Redskins!" like very beginning of the game. Like it wasn't just yeah. like 100 people. It was I would say like 75, 80 percent of the stadium was was chanting. It was loud. And Keith said it. He's like it brought like a tear to my eye. It, it, it was cool to see um or here. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, and I kind of understand it because going into this game, I said the offense is going to go through the running game. And it 100% did with Antonio Gibson. But that's because the Chargers' run defense is not good. And Antonio Gibson was in his bag. What do you have? Uh, 90. 90 yards mm. on how many 20 carries? carries? 20 carries. 20 carries. Yeah. And he was eating. Like, it was like every time he got the ball, like, we're getting, I think, he averaged, what, that's close to five yards a carry. So, like, yeah, they, yeah the offense is going through it. But you do want to then. go deep. <laughs> yeah, and then there's the and there's the fumble. So, like, he, he's he in his yard like- bag, and then he uh, – Kind he of, carries it like LaShawn McCoy. Like LaShawn McCoy would always does. carry it out here. He's got to tuck that Both in. Bread. And yeah. what hurt him is he got like turned around too, and the guy came up from behind him and kind of popped it out. You're susceptible when you're doing it like that. Yeah. For sure. I, as soon as he oh, yeah. did that, I knew. I was like, oh, that's, that's going to be that cool. That play sucked all the air out of the stadium because it was coming right off the William Jackson interception, which was amazing. Somehow he Brian read, He up. read that wow. so perfectly yeah. like he broke on that better than any corner i've seen do here in such a long time william jackson played a phenomenal game by the way like yep. and that, I, tried that to tell guy, you, I was like oh i don't hear his name in practice he's probably gonna yeah, be another pro- free agent hey, bus i say i said he's gonna be a fan favorite week one facts look facts. and and I, I was listening to the post game he broke it down he knew exactly what he was looking for he said he baited him into the throw and he read it perfectly and you're right it was it could have been the game defining play had it not been for uh, Gibby's fumble. And you hate it for Gibson because, yeah. uh, you know, it, it absolutely, you know, cost them seven points. You know, the defense only gave up 20 points, but you only want to give 13 of them to the defense with, you know, the Chargers getting the ball inside the five. It was, a def- it was definitely a blow. Yeah. I mean, you think about how much worse it could have been. Like they have the two turnovers in the red zone. So, like, Justin Herbert could have easily scored two more times. And, you know, added to a stat. So you got to think about, like, yes, the defense was rough. I think they did better than how I was thinking yesterday. Like, I went back and rewatched it. That was a question I wanted to ask Me too. you. Same. We were like, Same. we were like, look, we're not going to talk about it tonight. Like, they don't deserve our words tonight. We were, we we were had a lot of yesterday. anger built up. I was mad <laughs> driving home made me even more mad because that traffic. And traffic. Off. Oh, my God. So I wanted to ask you, like, the day after, like, how do you feel about the defense? And I mean, offense too, but mostly defense because that's what we were harping on. What's your after day thought on it? It's not, it wasn't as horrible as I thought yesterday, but it was not good at all, especially for a team coming in with such high expectations and elite defense on paper. Our defensive line got their ass whooped. Both of our edge rush bookends, they wanted no parts of Rashawn Slater. He bullied both of them. Every oh, time Rashawn they Slater stood in front of him. Oh, a tier one tackle in this league already. Oh, oh well, he, look, he, he was getting him out of here. Well, we went back to that. Everybody goes back to that college tape of him shutting down Chase Young. As far as I'm concerned, it's 2 nothing Slater right now. I mean, you hate to say it, but he absolutely manhandled him at times. So, yeah, he's a beast. Yeah. 
he's a weird guy. He's one of those guys that like plays the piano, reads like he kind of reminds me of, like just so weird. People said like Justin Herbert's just a weird dude. Like he doesn't talk to people. He doesn't do none of that. And then he just absolute ball playing instruments is so weird. And reading yeah. is really weird. <laughs> playing the piano. Like, who does that? No, it's actually pretty cool. I wish I could uh, play the drums. So, so something I want to talk about outside that, of football. <laughs> yeah that's that's my boring life outside here i do know um but just literally sports i tried watching clickbait by the way today rio and literally all i kept thinking about was football and i couldn't watch it so i uh i tried but i couldn't do it go ahead brian i was gonna say this is the game where <laughs> where stats were were super misleading because if i told you that the washington would win the turnover battle without sack the chargers and, you know, specifically would force two Justin Herbert turnovers. You would take that all day long. But then you look at it. This is where I'm still kind of frustrated with the defense because, yes, you know, they didn't play. They, they weren't awful by any means. And like we said, they 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 bent, but they didn't break. Yeah. But when it mattered the most on third down and big situations, the Chargers right. won every one of those plays. And so that's why, to me, it still is pretty frustrating because it, it seems like the those things could have been easily corrected throughout the game. And it just seems like it was like a, the definition of insanity. They kept going back to the same thing, expecting the same, same outcome. And it, yeah. it, it was frustrating. And I kind of want to talk about uh, subs and how many like snaps players played. So one thing I noticed rotations, a lot, my God. rotations. I mean, yeah. you would have thought it was at the club with as many rotations going on. Hold on real quick. Cause Chadwick had to call me out. I look, he said last thing before I jump off, Brian, I'm going to Josh, it's time to grow. I'm at Chad. I, That's right. Thank if you, I could, Chad. I would. I No comment on that at all. So <laughs> it seemed like on many, many third downs, Mate. we already talked about Chase getting moved to the other side of the line so he didn't have to uh, face Slater, which already is embarrassing. Imagine. You see him <laughs> coming off the field, and I saw a lot of Casey Tuhill and – uh, Jason Smith-Williams James on like Smith key Williams, third yeah. downs where we need to get pressure, which was non-existent, by the way, because the uh, Chargers offensive line allowed the lowest pressure rate at 12% in all of week one, you know, minus something crazy happens tonight. So I'm kind of confused at that. Like mm -hmm. and we, and we mentioned, like you see everything going on, but it seemed like we didn't make adjustments. So we're not getting pressure, but on key third downs, you're telling me Montez Sweat and Chase Young are sometimes coming off the field. Like, is there anything to even defend that Rio or, or is that just, you still don't get it. Hell no. There's not like, I like Jack Del Rio was getting cute yesterday. Is it, I don't, I hope it's, it better be because, well, it would be bad, but these players better be out of shape or nursing injuries. Cause I didn't understand some of it. Cam Kerr was one of the best players on the field yesterday. And he only played he 37 snaps. That is egregious. Word to Stephen McCain A. Smith. I, I don't, don't remember him being on the yeah, field most of the third I do fourth not quarter. Under, I, I do not understand. Like there were people coming out, in the winning moments of the game, like the end of the game, it's like there was one formation. Yeah. Yeah, there was like one formation we were in in the fourth quarter where it was a bunch. It was Tim Stettle and Two Hill right. and a bunch of guys that weren't the main guys in the game yeah. during winning time. I don't understand. Well, in, in another another situation, I can't remember, but I felt like it was obviously a key situation. Chase didn't even have his helmet on on the sideline. Like, he was not even prepared to enter the game. Like, it was, it was already like known. Play yeah, it was already known that he wasn't going to come out for, yeah, like you said, a three, four play uh, stretch. Like, why? Why? What is what is the point? And if if it's conditioning, then shame on them. I mean, if it's if it's if it if it's a package, then 
why? I mean, why? Why just, that it makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah if, if, you're, if, if FedEx ain't working, go with UPS. Well, and um, here, here's one thing I thought. I think it was hotter than maybe we all expected, and maybe oh, yeah. that played into it. But everybody was dealing with the heat. I mean, suck it up and you know, yeah. you know, get your get your glass of Gatorade and get back out there. I mean, yeah. come on, stick the IV yeah. in, put put the oxygen mask on, whatever you got to do. And another know, thing I saw, wild. Yeah, I I mean I was like, why is I mean no disrespect to Casey Two Hill, he had a couple like run stops and stuff. But I'm like, why is Casey Two Hill in? I don't want to see him in the fourth games? quarter of a winning game. Yeah, right. when we <laughs> when we barely right. have a lead or behind. Um, so another thing that kind of blows my mind, I pointed this out to uh, Brian yesterday. I've seen this a good bit. So it seems like whenever we go in nickel, when we use two linebackers, Jamin Davis always comes, comes off out. the field. And Ben St. Juice comes in, which is okay. Like, that's our nickel corner. But why is Bostic staying in? Why? Like, what makes him say, let's run with Cole Holcomb, who played every <laughs> defensive snap yesterday, by the way. So, I don't know. He wasn't gassed. Um, I mean, he kind of held his own. He didn't, like, give up anything crazy, you know, besides just not making tackles. But why We, we don't guard John tight Bostic... ends, man. Yeah, that's that's been our problem for, like, five, six years now. But yeah, what John Bostic, think... Go ahead. he must be a part of that Dustin Hopkins Troy Apke club where they know where the bodies are buried in Ashburn. Cause I don't understand. I do not understand it. Because, got the vet oh guard. my God. Yeah. The, the cl- prime example, third and 16. Why are you looking in the flats? John Boston. First of all, we're like the softest cover four defense ever. And what are you looking in the flats for? What are you looking in front of you I on mean, third yeah. and 16 for? They tell you know where know where the sticks are, and you literally looked everywhere but the sticks. I mean, it's brutal. It's funny if you look at that little graphic on uh mm-hmm. the on dots. Twitter where it shows the dots. It looks like he's like running to the sideline. He's like, oh wait, no, or he's like running to the tunnel because he knows he shouldn't be on the field in a uh, third and sixteen oh, yeah. in coverage. So like, I, I and we can you know harp and you know be critical on Jamin Davis for his little rookie mistakes, which I haven't been because I'm going to be patient with him. But you have to believe he is absolutely playing that play better than John Bostic 10 out of 10 times. There's no you way he's so. just going to be that lost on a play. And it's funny because we were calling out uh, freaking uh, Micah Parsons for the Cowboys saying how he how lost he looked the other day. And here's our vet, John Bostic, who's supposed to be like the leader of the linebacker corps, <laughs> looking <laughs> as lost as him. So, like, I'm not talking trash on Micah Parsons ever again because that's how our defense is looking. Now, I want to say something because, Rio, you've been talking about it on Twitter, and I think I agree with you, Rio. Between Kendall Fuller and Ben St. Juice, people said that St. Juice was by far the worst defensive player yesterday, and I highly disagree. I think Kendall Fuller played his worst game in Washington. He was terrible yesterday. He was missing tackles. He looked lost. He couldn't stick with any receiver they put him with. He, He stood out on tape immediately as one of the worst, worst defenders on the team. Mm-hmm. And yes, Benjamin St. Juice also had a bad game. Our entire rookie class had a bad game yesterday. Their debuts of all of our rookies were bad, but Fuller was the worst person on the defense yesterday. The to best me. way to, su- the best way to sum it up was St. Juice looked like a rookie. Kendall Fuller just looked bad. I mean, you can excuse yep. being a rookie. You can't excuse a guy with that much experience looking that bad. I'm with you. He felt like he was a step behind from snap number one. And I'll say, like, we knew that St. Juice was going to always be on the big physical guy who was obviously Mike Williams. And Mike Williams got the best of him. But I'll say, like, if you rewatch the tapes, 
the touchdown, there was like two or three third down conversions he had on. Ben St. Juice played him so tight and as good as you can in this league without getting a penalty. Justin Herbert is just that good. Yeah, he put, he put the it perfectly. Exactly. It's always back shoulder fade. You can't defend that. There's literally nothing you can do. I dream. Like, I dream of us having a quarterback like that. Bro. <laughs> like, I dream of it. Oh, we're not even going to start the debate for the people that says we should have took him <laughs> number two. Because nobody thought he was going at, like no. number two. Everyone thought that the Chargers were reaching getting him as high as they did. But we're not going to talk hey, about that. That. That, means, that means the whole league scouted wrong. Yeah. <laughs> this dude that- is special, man. <laughs> Look, going into this draft, we're just going to scout and just start listing quarterbacks one, two, just, yep, he should be number one overall. He should be number one overall. Like, everybody's getting the high grade going into this draft. I don't care. But, no, he legit threw every single pass where exactly where it needed to be on Mike Williams. Like, as close as it could be. So, like, I don't fault St. Juice. I think there's a couple plays he gave up, but those ones where he's playing that tight press man coverage, like he's supposed to, he did it. Like, there's nothing yeah. he could have done about that, and, except he for did. just tugging his jersey and getting a flag. And then people are like, oh, man, here's St. Juice flagging people. Like, I, Kendall Fuller, hands down, worst player yesterday. I don't care at PFF or any other grade says. I, Kendall Fuller's been in the league way too long. But the thing is, I think we set him up to fail yesterday because we're playing man coverage, and he is not a man corner at all. He is 100% a zone corner who's just going to be in a space. He's not going to play physical. He's not going to press you at the line. He's going to give you a cushion and try to cut you off. So, like, is that on the coaching staff or is that on Kendall Ford? Yes. It both. 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 <laughs> yeah. Definitely yeah. both. They can I, share the blame. Yeah, I don't think Jack Del Rio did any of his players really any good yesterday. Uh, but I also think that you're a professional corner. You got to be out there and you got you to make a play every now and then. Yep, we're looking right. Oh, man, right. times DBs are in good position. Speaking of beards, uh, but Herbert had the perfect window placement. Literally every single throw, he led the receivers, or they were wide open. And he found them every single time. Look, I mean, so uh, you know, I mentioned the stats, and you know, if you you were just blindly looking at the stats, you could see how Washington could have come out with this victory. And for as poorly as they played it at, at times, you know, you got to look at the positives and the fact that they were in this game. They potentially had a chance to ice this game if it wasn't for a bad turnover. So, you, you, you know, as, as dire as it seems after week one, all the overreactions we're seeing, you got to think, pump the brakes a little bit. This team still has a lot of talent. They still are going to make some plays. They're still going to have their moments. And so there are some positives to take from it. I think the Chargers are a really good team. I think they're going to oh, yeah. end up in the playoffs. So you're going to look back and be like, wow, we lost to a playoff team by four points, probably should have won the game. You know, there's no there's no moral victories, but you got to at least take a couple of positives from you uh, from it because you, you you turn around real quick and you play Thursday. You can't let week one beat you oh, twice. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to start a, a bad spiral, a bad snowball effect. And this team cannot afford that. They've already been dealt Hell some no. of their blows and they can't add to it by getting in their own heads. Yeah. Chargers are a damn good team. Like I've been saying that like. People like when I saw Vegas first come out and say we were favorites right away, I was like, man, like they feel more good, like better about our team than I do. Like, honestly, I think the Chargers are a good test. And I get it. We got beat by one of the best up and coming quarterbacks. You know, defense could have played much better. But the thing that frustrated me so much, like Rio said, it just drove us crazy because the same thing kept happening over and over and over. Like, make make an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Like when you're taking cam curl out, maybe put him in that Buffalo nickel spots where he's going to rough somebody up across the middle because St. Juice can't, he's handle good. It Kendall Fuller can't do it. Yeah. Put him in the game. Bobby McCain was tackling everybody yesterday and then they took him out. 
I'm like, Why? also it's just an, an yeah. adjustment we should have made. I seen at least four or five times we were in a defense where Cole Holcomb is lined up on Keenan Allen. I do not understand. Listen, coaches, you can look just like I can look from the crowd. Cole Holcomb should not be ever aligned with Keenan Allen on a damn football field. So I don't know how that adjustment, like someone should have been screaming to them like, yo, that's not going to work out for you. Like Cole. That's not going to work out. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Rotate. I have yeah. no, like, I mean, you I don't, don't want to put a linebacker no. on one of, the, one of the best route runners in the league. Like, what are we doing yeah. here? Oh, oh, Keenan Allen's a lead, by the way. He Ooh. is a top wide receiver oh league. And speaking of top wide receiver league, Terry McLaurin, the the best play of the day. I mean, in all of football, it was number it. one. Sports Center, number one. <laughs> Rio said, if we keep this up for three or four years, we got to let him go. I pray to God Ryan turned this bus around before Terry wants to go. But that, oh that play God. Get was that man nuts. a quarterback. We got to go all in on air rock. Yeah. But like Brian, he looked at me. He's like, oh, man, that was an interception. I'm like, no, bro. He caught that. He's yeah. like, what? Well, and so it did look like we were all like waiting to like see what it was. I saw the flag, and so I was like, "Ah, oh, they picked it, but it's gonna be you know overturned because of the flag." And then I just heard this like dull roar from that side because I think they're the only people mm. that could see that he yep. came down with it. Man, that, that was that was a pretty side, awesome man. moment, and it set up the touchdown. Uh, yeah, McLaurin's unreal, and I, I'm with you, Rio. We don't deserve that guy, and they better they better figure this out quick, or we're gonna lose a a, a special special player. Terry, Terry is different, and uh, that just goes to show it. And the thing that drove me nuts was um, out. This kind of segues. Uh, Justin here says, "Are you concerned about the offense while Fitzpatrick's out?" Not really. Um, so Fitzpatrick's out six to eight weeks, likely. So it's good that we have that as like our minimum, so we know like now this does two things: Heineke can finally get his chance, and then also as fans and you know the people that think we know everything about the organization. We get all of our questions answered about Fitzpatrick, myself included. Like, and I said it Sunday, like, I don't know what it is about this guy. I want to say kid, but he's literally older than me by a little bit. This guy has something special about him. I don't know what it is, but he sparks the offense. He sparks the crowd. Obviously the fan base is behind him. Obviously I can talk about the Tampa Bay game, but like he has something in him and we need to see if it's like how, how much longevity he has in that. Like, is this something that just runs out? Or is this something that he can sustain even after players and defensive study him, know his habits, get tapes on him? So are, are y'all feeling good about the offense for this next six to eight weeks with Tamla Heineke at quarterback? I am. I think that he can jump in. Like you said, he's going to prove us right or wrong one way or another. But you're right. We're going to get all of our answers. I am excited to see how he prepares with a, maybe not this week. It's not a full week, but with you know, a full week of practice to be the man, you know, what does that look like for him? Maybe it makes him better. Maybe it makes him a little more crisp. Maybe his feet aren't as happy because he's been used to what some of the looks he might get. So maybe there are some positives that come out of it, but you're, but I think that defenses are going to start to hone in on some of his tendencies and he's got to be careful with that, but you're right. The spark that he brings is there's no denying. I mean, his first two drives, he gets 10 points. He gets the field goal before half and then he gets a touchdown coming out of the half. I mean, there's something to be said about what he's able to do. Um, but you just hope he's not like a baseball pitcher that is just only a, a, a you know, a hard throwing reliever. You hope that he can come in at the beginning of a game and, and get you three outs to start the game. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. he can settle in at the beginning of the game and, and figure it out from then. Yeah, what drove me nuts in the first half is Adam Humphreys was the only wide receiver to catch a pass in the first half. 
I think Logan had a catch and and Gibson had a catch, but it was not good like at all. And then obviously Heineke comes in and Terry finishes with four catches for a 62 yards. So the offense opens up a little bit. So Rio, that's what I wanted to ask you is like, even when Fitzpatrick was in there, we seen it in the preseason. We saw it in that small sample on Sunday. Like it just didn't seem like the offense was getting going. And then you see Heineke come in. Like, do you think it's coincidence at all? Do you think Heineke actually does know this offense and he can actually run it well? I think it's a little bit of both, but like Heineke just brings electricity when he comes in. Like sometimes it's to his detriment how soon he leaves the pocket because sometimes he leaves clean pockets and doesn't give the play time to develop. But yep. that's what's fun about him. And that's what's enjoyable about the way he plays. And people are ready to rally around him because he's exciting. Like that play he made the Terry the improv play where he just kind of shuffled it to him. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. Like that got me that so, nice. that got yeah. me so said, amped okay. up. But I can see also that he gets away with some really bad throws. He throws he throws some ducks, man, because he doesn't have a strong arm. And we enjoy it so much right now because the sample size is so small. So we haven't seen enough of him from him to make his mistakes yet. And that's why we're so high on him. We have no reason to be down on him because we haven't seen his bad game yet. And he is capable of a bad game because if he wasn't, he would not have been out of the league pretty much the first few years of his career. So well and also he also he's got he's got to stay healthy. I mean there's he can't be reckless. I'm all for making plays, but you got to be safe. He can't he, he's I mean if he gets hurt we're down to Kyle Allen on on one good leg. Okay, I mean Kyle Schumer, we got Kyle Schumer. Yeah, we're down to Kyle <laughs> Allen on one good leg. Kyle, I mean Kyle, so so Heineke's he's got to he, you know I think he's going to take it and run with it but he's got to be smart um you know I don't want him to to stop that creativity and you know stop the playmaking but uh he's got to be careful out there cuz they're in a dicey situation should he yeah. go down it, which we, which he is injury prone and so there's you never know it might happen again you hope it doesn't sure, but wow, my boy got swollen the offseason what you talking about he took true. That, mm. he took that that protein like that creatine and protein shakes he got a little. He got a little bold. Um, oh no! I was scared every time he got hit yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> Yo, yeah if he goes down, we're screwed. So what? What are we looking at for for the Giants? Because I I don't want this thing to to snowball and to spiral. But some for some reason, Daniel Jones has Washington's number. I you know lose a quarterback. I mean everything points to this getting out of control and and Washington ending up zero and two before they can even blink four days into the season. Yeah, I I went back and watched their game with the Broncos, and it just it seemed like the same Giants to me, and they have a lot of problems, and I think it's their system. Like, I don't think the fan base likes the coaching staff at all. I don't think they like the offense at all. But Daniel Jones, like, he had, like, two fumbles again yesterday. But some reason oh, they he turns they look terrible. to, like, Eli against us. Yeah, he looked he, right. he didn't look good. So I don't know what it is where he plays so good against us, but Saquon, he's not 100%. He, I think he had like five carries for like barely 20 yards yesterday, if that. So like, I don't think he's healthy at all. And it's a short week. He's probably not going to practice that much because they're trying to uh, keep him kind of healthy until closer to game day where he might play. I don't know if he does or not. Um, I thought Logan Ryan was hurt, but apparently he was just cramping. They said he's good to go. So that sucks because he's one of the better defenders in the league, I think. He forces a lot of turnovers. Um, really good. But I do think the two things that really help us with the Giants that I saw is their run defense is not good. Melvin Gordon went off on him yesterday. Um, so I think mm-hmm. Gibby can bounce back. You know, he had a great game. If it wasn't for that fumble, like Gibby was probably the best offensive player yesterday, honestly. Um, 
And then I think their offensive line still has a lot of struggles. So I think this can be a game where our defensive Terrible. line comes back, gets pressures, hit Daniel Jones, force some turnovers, and everyone's like, all right, yep, we're good again. You know, Chase Young, we don't win Justin Herbert. I'm sorry. <laughs> like yeah. kind of thing. So what's the one thing that you think is the is the biggest area that needs to be improved, Rio, for the Giants? Rio, oh, go ahead, Brian. Hold on real quick. I just want to say ahead, 10 Brian. carries, 26 yards, one catch, one yard. So 11 overall touches. So just want to throw that out there. Yeah, that's 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 not Saquon numbers at all. Against us, he's no. usually putting up 300 all-purpose yards. So, so Rio, if you're looking at right, this, so. what's the area where like, hey, this this can be where we lose this game to the Giants if we're not careful. Get to the damn quarterback. Like if you if we can't put consistent pressure on this O-line that we're playing this week, which is a bottom 3 O-line in the league, we have real issues and we're very delusional about how good these guys up front are. You know, the guys that are all untouchable like in a trade for a star quarterback, you know that top two defense that we think we have if they can't get to daniel jones this week it'll be very telling of what jp finley calls ashburn syndrome because this o-line sucks and on top of it the quarterback sucks even though he always beats us he's not very good and also heineke should be able to get his versus him they made pedestrian as teddy bridgewater look like peyton manning yesterday like we should be able to score and get to their quarterback. There's no excuses for it. If we lose this game, it's going to get ugly for us because we go to we'll Buffalo. Play the Bills after that, yeah. <laughs> and then go to Atlanta. I mean, if that's still a road game in Atlanta week four. Then we got to play Jameis and then week five. And then we got to run through all the elite quarterbacks after that before fl- facing the division. It's going to be rough if we lose this game. We're not allowed to lose this game. All hell is going to break loose on Washington football Twitter and the DMV in general. If we start this season off 0 and 2, most likely 0 and 3, going to Buffalo the next week. I was going to ask you, is this a must win? Because I'm labeling it a must win. Hell yeah, only... Cold Red. Yeah, <laughs> Cold Con. Red game. Because this is this is the this is the NFC East matchup until the very end of the season, where we literally finish out the season with nothing but NFC East games. So I feel like this could be that golden ticket to where we get to the end of the season, like ah. Hey, we beat the Giants week two. That's what gets right. us in the playoffs. That's what gets us as NFC's champs one again. What are you going to say, Brian? Yeah, I'm with you. I think that you nailed it on the head. The biggest thing is that it's a division game. And, and you're right. It's nice to have that in your pocket when you don't play them forever. Uh, but also, you, in the same token, you lose that game, and then you, it puts you behind the eight ball, literally. I mean, you're 0-2, but then you're 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 basically 0-3 because of a, having a division loss. So, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you, you hate to label game two a must-win, and realistically, if they start 0-2, it's not completely over, but it sure feels like it. And uh, you got to beat this team. They're, they're not very good. Um, some would argue Washington's not very good, but they're not very good, especially their quarterback. There, there should be no excuse that you don't force at least two, two turnovers against this guy. Enough making him look like Patrick Mahomes when he, when he does, when he does so poorly against everybody else, there's no reason this defense shouldn't get after him and make him look the same that he does every other week. Yeah. I think it's one thing losing a very close game to a really good playoff caliber charger team who, has their franchise quarterback, has, you know, these studs on defense with Derman James, Asante Samuel Jr., Joey Bosa, and then one of the most underrated wide receiver cores in the NFL, like we talked about with Keenan Allen and Michael Williams. But then going 
against the Giants at home. I, I think they're getting a little bit too hyped up. You know, people said, oh, that's kind of like our sleeper to win the NFC East. I don't think so. I think they still have a long ways to go. And honestly, it starts with coaching and system. I think this is the game where you set an example like, hey, yeah, we are, you know, up there with the Cowboys who actually look pretty damn good to win the NFC East. Like, this shouldn't be, uh, you know, a close one, like in my opinion. I don't think this should be one where we're, like, stressing about the Giants. I think you have to make an example of the Giants, and it starts on your defense. And it's a night game. Like, I know we are terrible prime game, like primetime games. We never get them. Last year we had. You got to put that past us, man. Yeah, so we yeah, we yeah, have to start the, this trend. We got to start fresh. We got to get rid of all the curses and stadium quarterback, quarterback going down first game. Like we have to just clean out all that. I think beating the Giants at home in a night game. And Rio, you saw the the fireworks and the light show going down. Like how hype would it be Thursday night if we beat the Giants? Oh, it would be great because that's, the, that's we the have to be to can do it. not. We cannot lose this game. Yeah, this is prime time. You got we got to make up for the bad optics from what was going on at the stadium on Sunday. Pull out the fireworks, Joey. Joey, if you're watching, <laughs> pull out the fireworks, pull out the lasers and the cannons. We need them. Uh, everything. <laughs> prime time, baby. Every single firework y'all had for the entire season just busted out Thursday night if we win. Oh, um, yeah. So That's usually, cool. Rio, we do Monday headlines of what we think is going to be to- talked about with this game the day after. So obviously being a Thursday night game, it's going to be a Friday morning headline. So when you turn on ESPN or NFL Network, because that's probably one of our favorite. I think NFL Network's better than ESPN, by the way. When it comes Good morning to football. Is, yeah. Oh, yeah. Way better. Oh, Good morning that. football is life. It is life. Oh, yeah. I love that's, it. It's on repeat. I just I get to work and turn that on. So when you turn on the TV Friday morning and they're talking about this game, what do you think is going to be talked about? (laughs) Did Washington find their starter and quarterback for the future? (laughs) That's what it's going to be because no matter how the game goes, no matter how the game goes, like if we win, the spin will be – did Washington solve their quarterback situation? Did they find their Tony Romo? <laughs> like, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be Heineke mania. Oh, my God. This is the kid who who killed it in the playoff game, the ODU kid that was just in class last year. It's going to be Heineke, Heineke, Heineke. That's what it's going to be about if we win the game. That's so. That's what I think is the headline. Yeah, yeah I'm unless with- he's just god-awful. Yeah. I'm with you. I think either way, they're going to be like, well, why wasn't Heineke starting week one? That kind of thing, even if they they lose a close one. But I I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but until this team shows me otherwise, this is the classic letdown game where things seem to be – I mean, things don't really seem to be going in their favor, but they should win this game, all that stuff. They haven't done it in the past, and until they do it, uh, you know, I'm – I'm going to think that, you know, it's a, a night game like we talked about. It's after a, a tough loss that they let spiral out of control. Sure and week. I'm thinking that they lose a, a close one and they're 0-2 with a lot of question marks. You know, you, we feel like there are a bunch of question marks right now, but I think, they'll, you know, if they lose it, they're, they're a whole bunch more. So prove me wrong, prove me wrong, but I, I, I'm not going to believe in this team until I, I see it happen. I'm going to go against you, Brian. I'm going to be the optimistic rah-rah fan, like he says. I think with Saquon not at 100%, this is the perfect time to play them. That puts a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones, and I don't think he can handle that. Uh, So, like, to me, this is if our defense doesn't wreak havoc, if we don't have, like, three sacks and a turnover this game, then we failed. So I think this is the game where it's going to be all on Daniel Jones. I don't think he can handle that. So I think we win this one by 10, maybe more. Maybe, like, 13, 14. I think this is the bounce back game. Go ahead. 
I got I, I got 24 13 us. Okay. That's what I was like. Saying. I'll take that all day long. Like if we hold them to 13, solid. I just want Daniel Jones on the ground as much as possible. And I'm sure y'all see the picture of uh their lineman blocking a running back I tweeted out. That was wild, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Von Miller turned them both around to where they were blocking <laughs> each other. So like Chase Young, please do that oh this weekend because or Thursday, because that would just be perfect. So I think this game, I think we win. I think Twitter goes back to normal. It's just funny, like how normal, how, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as normal as no. it's been. We'll be crying uh, about but, something, yeah, absolutely. We that's just what we do, but I think it's just funny how after one game we all freak out. But it's it's fine because we're all fans, we all get emotionally tied to this. We, I mean, you, you already know how the vibes in the car was and how bro, we were posting the stadium yesterday, bro. We was mad as shit. <laughs> yeah, all right, home. I was like, Rio, bro, I just I got a headache, I'm gonna lay down. Just you go you to need. Sleep. You don't even need a full 24 hours. You need 12 <laughs> hours to get it out of your system, and then then it's time to actually sit down and you feel how you feel. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. You need some time to get it out of your system. That's, how, I, that's why I didn't talk my entire way back I refused to, to go in front of a mic yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Literally, we could have been interviewed by the news. Like, what do you want me to talk about? You know what? You saw the game, didn't you? Like, Next I, I would have been, been like a head coach yesterday. Like, what do you want me to talk about the game? You saw it? You watched Next the game, question. didn't you? Yeah, that's why I don't blame people for coming to press conferences mad as hell. Like, fam, I just lost the game and I got to answer to you non-athletic bastards about Look, why I made a mistake. Right. Like, they understand. <laughs> I'll say this. I'll say this. I like I listened to Ron today and I'm so tempted. This is going to be my last comment. I'm so tempted to just turn heel on all of our media members because they'd be pissing me off so much, bro. Ron's <laughs> like, this is exactly what I know about Ron. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, this is exactly the injury. Like, this is all I know. And, and then literally the first three questions. So, Ron, Fitzpatrick's injury, like, you said this. <laughs> is it one of those tricky hip injuries? Ron's like, I don't know. Like, I'm not a doctor. We're waiting for a second opinion. And the next person know. asks the same exact question. Yeah. I said, so so, Ron, so if Ryan Fitzpatrick injury was a fruit, which fruit would you say it's more compared to? <laughs> Bro, what? Like, why are y'all asking me these questions? I, I forgot who it was. Nikki asked some great questions, by the way. I love Nikki. Nikki's awesome. She's over here. Yeah, she's asking, like, Taylor Heineke's going to run the offense. Like, how do you, like, feel about him in the game? Like, did you think the offense was, like, behind him? Blah, blah, blah. Ask great questions. And then the next question. So Ryan Fitzpatrick's injury, like, who was the doctor doing the second opinion? Like, what? Like, bro, I I don't care. Like, don't ask me these questions. I've told you everything. And, like, <laughs> I don't know. People think Ron comes to the press conferences, like, rude. I don't blame him at all. I think he handles it well because sometimes the media well, should be asking too much. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes the best answer is I don't know. And Ron does that well. He says, I don't know past what I told you. I'm not going to hide stuff from you. I'm not going to do anything that gives me – uh, you know, a competitive disadvantage. And he's really good about that. And sometimes it's like, all right, just leave it alone. Let's move on to something else. Yeah. What do you want to say? Hey, this is the playbook we got for Thursday. Uh, so first yeah. play, this is exactly what we're going to run. Our, this is what we want Taylor to do. Uh, our season is over now that Ryan Fitzpatrick is injured. Uh, yeah. That'll do it for us. Call it a year. Yeah, just, <laughs> I just, I don't get it, but. Anyways, we're going to roll with Taylor Heineke at least six to eight weeks. We'll see. Cam Newton's not coming to D.C., thank God. The Alabama in me did not want that at all. I know a lot of people did. But, guys, buckle up. It's a quick turnaround. It's a short week. You can't be mad, like I said on Twitter. I'm going to talk about it tonight. And this is the last I'm going to talk about the Chargers game because we got another one coming up. And this one's more important. It's an NFC East matchup, the first and only one until the very end of the season. So, guys, we'll see you at FedEx on Thursday night. I know Rio's going to be there. Hell yeah, you already know Early. I'm in the building. Yeah. Early. We got to beat that traffic because I'm not 
I'm, I'm oh if I drive God. my big truck, you best believe I'm leaving early. But guys, we will see y'all Thursday night at FedEx. Peace. And if not, we'll hit y'all with the recap. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.